0: We're joined now by a white fern and Otago Sparks. Great, and I think we can say that when you look at the the length of her career. Her name is Katie Martin. She's had enough that she's walking after 21 years of international and domestic cricket. The longest-serving modern-day New Zealand cricketer. Her 169 domestic one-day game is a New Zealand record for both men and women. Woman, she joins us now. Uh, what a fantastic career, Katie Martin! Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm a pretty private, humble, Dunedin girl, so I sort of don't think. Well, what a you know, like what a career. I sort of, I wouldn't say I'm a great cricketer. I, I mean, my stats haven't been where they where they should have been in terms of, I guess, the potential I have. But I tell you, it's been such an awesome experience, and I've said it a few times. Cricket really has um, given me my life and. You know, it's a game that I'm so passionate about and I've just absolutely loved the last 21 years, not just myself but my family as well. I've had such awesome experiences and I've travelled the world. I've made some best mates and, um, yeah, I go out happy but slightly tired in the same respect.
0: So you've fallen fresh admission there that you haven't played to your potential. That's got to rock a wee bit. Does that um, upset you that you have to say things like this, Katie?
1: No, I don't have to say it. That's just my, you know, I've reflected on my career. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, I from the number of games and longevity, it's been, you know, it's been pretty awesome. Um, I always sort of look at – I'm not a stats person. I'm not a numbers person. I'm sort of – I look at moments in the game, you know, it's pretty – Fresh to reflect on that West Indies game, and you know my job was to finish the innings, and I, you know, I didn't do. What it was so I sort of look games, um, you know, and and have I carried the team to success? And probably more at a White Ferns level, it hasn't happened as consistently consistently as I would have liked. Um, I mean, for Otago, it has for a number of years, and I'm really proud of my career um, there. But yeah, it's just. You know, when you don't win World Cups and there's a lot of heartbreaks um, along the way and you feel like you could have contributed to that, it's yeah, it's pretty tough. But in the same respect, I mean, I have I feel so privileged to be in the position that I have been and to have such an amazing um, career and, um, like I said, just the memories I've been able to make and the travel and, and things like that, you just, yeah, you can't beat that. So, um yeah, well, I can be—I guess—sounds a bit negative about looking at the numbers and my performances. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm still definitely really proud of what I've been able to achieve.
0: So, how come so long at the top? Do you think if you don't back yourself and you think you could have done better? And it's so nice you've got that frank admission, Katie. But uh, why have you managed to maintain a position in the team for for so long? That much better than the rest is there? No chasing pack. I, I'm interested in that.
1: Um, you'll probably have to ask the selectors. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I've been really, I'm really passionate about the game, and I and I love the team. And I'm, you know, for me, it's it's probably more about others than myself. And and you know, that's just the way that I've been brought up. And I'm a really loyal human being. And um, yeah, I guess, oh, it's, I mean, it's a hard one to pinpoint. I think we probably haven't had the focus on development of wicket keepers in the country. I mean, Rachel Priest and I have been the keepers for a number of years, and you don't get opportunities to develop keepers because nowadays you don't necessarily take two keepers on tour. I mean, Jess McFadgen um, come over to England last year and unfortunately, you know, she didn't get a game, um, but she had those experiences. And when you sometimes have tours to Australia or COVID, you know, you don't necessarily get to travel with a couple of keepers. So, um, yeah, and we don't obviously have a New Zealand A program. So, you know, there's the odd development camps and things like that, but not really a chance for people to necessarily push their game forward and, and it's done at that domestic layer and yeah I guess it's you know I'm, I'm not in control of my selection or otherwise I just try and perform as best as I can and you know I felt felt like my glove work has been the best it has over the last couple of years and and I'm sort of comfortable in terms of the keeping that I have been you know up there and, and deserve my spot in terms of that but ultimately you don't get measured on the number of catches and things like that do you, you get measured on the number of runs that you score and as a wicket keeper you're not a wicket keeper only you're you know you, you know you're batting so important. Um, but, yeah, I think my leadership as well around the group, um, more off-field and, and supporting people coming through and, and, you know, the work I've done with the likes of Sophie and Susie and Amy as their captaincies over the last few years, I think yeah, i look at that um, with a pride and, and maybe that's just added to some of those selection decisions.
0: We're joined with the freshly retired uh, Katie Martin. Katie, when you look back at, at the changes in women's cricket over the last 20-odd years since you've been involved, What have been the big ones? Has the change been fast enough? And what would you like to see in the not-too-distant future? And this is obviously on the back of what, even though the results didn't go well um, for the Ferns, what was a very successful World Cup here in our own shores?
1: Well, firstly, just on the World Cup, I think it was such an incredible experience. Yeah, I know when talking to the boys in 2015, they loved the support of New Zealand. And, you know, for me, it was, you know, hopefully... We've been able to inspire, you know, young boys and girls to want to play for New Zealand. And, you know, we had so many messages saying, you know, we just love playing cricket. You know, the brother's always been out there playing in the backyard at night. And then, you know, the daughter follows. And it's just stuff like that that I guess I reflect and say, you know, that if you can make a mark on the game in that respect, if it's not necessarily with runs, then that's, for me, just as important. Um, Yeah, I think, yeah, the professionalism of the game over the last few years definitely has come through. Um, You know, even five years ago, the white ferns were amateur playing against professional England and Australian lineup, and you know there's no, you know what it's like when you work a day and you've got all the time to be able to train during the day, and then you know each day you're fresh, compared to us when we're working, you know full-time jobs, and then. Um, having to fit in, training in and around that, the quality isn't there as much, so that's definitely um, developed. There's been
0: a lot made of recent times around high performance and and mental health. From your experience, how does it work within the White Ferns camp, the ability to strive to be the best you can be, but also looking after you in in the mental health space? is that being well dealt with by New Zealand cricket?
1: Yeah, I believe it has. I mean, you know, we've obviously had a couple of documented cases in the White Ferns environment over the last year, and The support of New Zealand cricket and the New Zealand uh, player cricket the Players' Association has just been immense. You know, it's always about athlete first, and that's been what we're really fortunate about, that the Players' Association provide, you know, the psych support around um, around the players as they need it. There's enough resources and things like that. And I guess as time's gone on, you know, even Bob Carter as coach, he continued to evolve himself, um, you know, he's empathetic with the players, he knew how to interact with the players. And, you know, our schedule been, has been really hectic, especially in the last year. I mean, every second week we're in camp and, you know, people are away from home for long stretches of time. We've had bubble after bubble. And from New Zealand cricket's perspective in the Players Association, it was always about what's in the best interest of the athlete. Because ultimately, if you're a happy human being or a settled human being, then you're going to get the best out of you. And, you know, we've seen Meli Kerr have the um, option of being able to step aside for a period of time and knowing that, you know, that her mental health was so the same with Sophie Devine and they had their breaks when they needed to and, you know, they were welcomed back into the team when they were ready and, and, and we're really fortunate um, that we're able to get that support and, um, yeah, and, and something that I've been really grateful for as well and I've reached out to some services in the past when, you know, there's been a few stresses in life as there is and, um, yeah, I've been really fortunate that that's definitely helped with my development as a person, and and ultimately that you know, as benefits the team.
0: Crazy, long, fun, successful career. Katie Martin, thanks so much for joining us on the program. I know it won't be the last we hear from. We won't. You, you got to stay away from cricket. You'll be on the mic again before <laughs> you know it. But thanks very much for uh, all of your involvement in the game and also your uh, your ease of access when it comes to talking on the radio. It's been an absolute starter deal. Thank you very much, Katie Martin.
1: Cool. Thank you.